This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Each weekday morning, Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And on this Thursday program, get ready to hear some highlights from a dramatic game last night. No, we did not do a broadcast, but uh, we were keeping an eye on it. And that is softball taking the Florida Gators to the wire before losing on a walk-off grand slam. But still some very big-time moments in that contest. We did not do a show yesterday. It was my anniversary now. Didn't completely take the day off if you were watching me on Twitter. And we'll talk about it here. I went up to Brooksville to watch the final round of the AAC Women's Golf Tournament before spending time with my beloved wife Jennifer last night. But yeah, we were doing a little bit of keeping an eye on the team and didn't go how you'd want it to on that final day all the way around, but still a good chance for the women's golf team to make the NCAA tournament. There were definitely some good moments on Wednesday that we'll pass along to you. The men's golf team begins conference tournament play tomorrow. We've got, speaking of conference tournament, the women's tennis team this afternoon in the quarterfinals against Memphis and the men playing UCF tomorrow. So lots of golf, lots of tennis. Since we did not do a show yesterday and we did not make the trip to Jacksonville for the baseball game on Tuesday night, we will summarize that one, but that'll be a quick summary because it did not go so well, and frankly, the Bulls can completely forget about that if they perform well this weekend going up against UCF. Also, the men's soccer schedule. Did not know we'd be seeing a schedule release for the fall, but we did, and there are definitely some big-time notes to pass along when it comes to that, which we will do in our second block of the program. We'll also give you a little bit of the latest track and field national rankings as the team is doing well in them. Also, we will end the hour going around the American. There's been a lot that has taken place since Tuesday. In fact, another big win for Wichita State, the top team in softball, but some great baseball stuff has taken place as well. And we'll kind of do the all-around look at both the golf and tennis conference tournaments, namely focus on SMU's women who Wow, what a performance they put on. So here on Bulls Beat, we'll focus in specifically, obviously, on the Bulls when it comes to that. We'll do that as our second story. It was going to be the first story until what the softball team did last night. And yes, it was a loss, but the Florida Gators have had their way with the Bulls in this series. In fact, the last time the Bulls beat the Florida Gators was in the season where USF made the College World Series. That'd be 2012, and they played them plenty of times since then. In fact, 25 in a row going into last night. The last four meetings saw the Bulls get shut out every single time, memorably in the NCAA tournament in 21, where the Bulls lost one to nothing. That was the game where they were getting no hit by the young lady that they went up against last night, by the way, as they pulled her out of the game, as I recall, with one out in the seventh inning. In fact, it was a highlight that's still worth playing because this looked like it was going to be a run and a lead in the NCAA tournament. And now three and one with Chronister, the pitcher, to Bethany King. Here's the delivery and up the middle and it's a base hit! Here comes Bruni, decent throw and she got her, wow! And they get the pinch runner Zweig at third. Amazing. The Bulls get their first hit and on a great throw in the outfield from Lindsay, they get wiped off the base pass. A double play. And then, of course, the Gators would score in the bottom of the seventh for a one nothing win. So back to how the series has gone. That started the four-in-a-row shutout streak. 
the previous three games, the Bulls had lost 15 nothing, 9-1, to and then a very close 2-1 to game. That was part of a doubleheader in that same 21 season where Vivian Pond, kind of out of nowhere, held the Gators' bats down after they had actually gotten Georgina Korik out of the game in the first inning in the first part of that doubleheader. The last time the Bulls actually scored more than one run in a game was in their season opener. They played Florida six times, as it turned out, in 21, two in the NCAA tournament, two on a doubleheader in Gainesville, and two to start the season, and that was a 6-3 loss. So 25 losses in a row to Florida, eight of them via the run rule, a couple of others that were at least an eight-run margin but ended up not being run rule, and only twice in the last 17 had the Bulls scored more than a run, and those were both exactly three runs, and one of those times they were getting beat 14-3 to in five innings, so it didn't exactly feel like they were substantial runs. Well, last night... They got three runs. They took care of that whole shutout thing very early in the game. And man, did Gabby Norrie, who of course wasn't part of any of those games I told you about, give them a chance in this one. Florida did take the lead, though, with two runs off of her in the bottom of the first inning. A home run. Reagan Walsh, her fifth of the year, makes it two to nothing. And then, as we'll even hear it, the announcers didn't exactly paint the picture here because it Well, seemed like it was just going to be a foul ball, but we'll explain why it doesn't really matter how the Bulls got on the board against this particular pitcher. They got on the board. You just expect greatness from this Florida Gators team. Off the glove of Eccles. It's a fair ball. Waving around third, coming home as it's dug out of the corner. The throw is not in time, and South Florida's on the board. I think that went off the glove of Eccles. So it's a fair ball. Tim Walton, I think, is going to ask for a replay here. If it hit Eccles' glove and she was in fair territory, not much of an argument here, but it happened so quickly. First off, scoring Ryan Eigeman. Got to mention what she did with two outs and down one and two in the count. Again, the Bulls weren't looking like they were going to score in the inning. She fouled off a couple pitches and got a single to cap off a nine pitch at bat. Now, if I had been calling the game, it would have been a probably similar bit of confusion, but a more dramatic call as far as the Bulls actually scoring against Elizabeth Hightower. Now, the graduate student pitcher in her fifth year with the Gators, a 56-22 and lifetime record with a 2-1-8 ERA. But against the Bulls, she had never given up a run in more than 30 innings. Actually, her career debut was the very first game of the 2019 season, dating back that far her success against the Bulls, where she pitched two hitless innings against them and then in that 21 situation we told you about the we heard the highlight how she had a no hitter going they pulled her after six and a third innings then two days later in the game that eliminated the bulls she threw an actual full game no hitter with 10 strikeouts oh in that season opener she threw four scoreless one hit innings so in one season alone that's 17 and a third innings and just one hit much less a run last year, four scoreless one-hit innings in the first weekend of the year, and then in a midweek battle with Georgina Korik. Last April, Hightower and the Gators prevailed one to nothing. This would not be one to nothing, but it would be the first time the Bulls had scored against Hightower in more than 30 innings of work. Now, later on in the game, as you'll hear, the Gators, they successfully unloaded the bases, but in this situation, here's where the Bulls stayed in the game. Bottom of the second, they had just gotten to within two to one. Nori hits the first batter she sees, then a single. Two out, RBI single by Skylar Wallace, and it's three to one. Then Kendra Falby, the Sun Lake High School standout, full count walk. Bases are loaded for their star player, or one of many of their star players. 
This one is hit hard and deep to right center field, but it is caught at the track by Galligani to retire the side. She gave it a ride, but the bases are left loaded for Florida. That would be Charlotte Eccles, who already this season has 49 RBI. She has 43 career home runs and is batting 355 this season, which is right on her career average. So that could have easily been 7-1 to and ball game over. Instead, it's 3-1, to and both sides went pretty quietly in the third inning. We go to the fourth, where Megan Sheehan singled the other way. And as you hear in this case, the announcer is actually playing up the bull, who we told you had an unbelievable last Wednesday. Well, she had a pretty good this Wednesday also at the plate. Touched on it before, how good Pond's been. The eight games prior to this one here tonight, hitting 438 with three home runs. This one is lifted to deep left field. Falby going back, track, wall, gone. Tie game in Gainesville. Pond's fifth home run of the season. Vivian Pond staying hot. And you gotta watch the swing that she takes. She's seen how Hightower attacks in on the hands of righties. And she clears her hands, does a really good job. Look how, how tight her hands stay to her body. So she's making sure that her barrel gets there and hits it on the sweet spot. She's got so much natural power and strength. That thing flies out of the park easily. Oh, has she been picking it up of late and the bulls were right there. And you couldn't help at that point officially to... Allow yourself to get a little excited. The Bulls, their computer ranking in the mid-50s and really a win against Florida would have jacked that up to where you could start to look at making the NCAA tournament without having to win your conference tournament. Now they'll probably have to go the, you know, beat UCF a couple times, two, three times route. But in this game itself, the Bulls were right there, obviously. Actually, Florida almost immediately answered, put a couple on in the bottom of the fourth, but against Falby, pitch that she honestly hasn't been getting. There's been a couple, if you talk about flashpoints, games this year where Gabby Norrie kind of got squeezed on an inning put-away pitch, and then specifically Boston would go on to score six instead of just one in an inning. And then actually a couple weeks ago when, as you'll recall, Tulsa got that three-run homer for a 4 nothing lead, there was a close call in that inning as well. It would have stayed a 0-0 game. But in this case, she got the call on a ball that I thought was outside to fall beyond 0-2. So that was a big strikeout. The Bulls got a runner in scoring position with one out in the top of the fifth. But Kathy Garcia grounded out with Megan Piero actually having advanced to third on a ground out. Bottom of the fifth, Gators again threaten with a couple runners on and one away themselves. They had the bases loaded and Wilkie grounds out. So certainly there were a lot of chances for both teams. Vivian Pond actually doubled in the top of the sixth inning. Pinch runner gets over to third, but Ryan Eigeman grounds out on a 2-0 pitch. So both teams with chances. Certainly the Bulls had theirs, but it must be said that the Gators overall had a few more because the Bulls stranded three runners while Florida was stranding nine. They did not strand anybody in the bottom of the seventh where it was a little bit of Ken Erickson Theater, because Nori had only gone four innings, throwing 77 pitches, and it was Vivian Pond and Lexi Kopko switching off lefty versus righty. Pond was pitching. She had pitched the sixth inning, and Walsh gets a single on a 2-0 pitch. Then Kopko comes in to face a lefty, walks her on a full count. Sackmunt puts runners on second and third. 
Pond comes in to pitch as they intentionally walk the next batter. So with one out and a tie score and the bases loaded, you've got a player looking to just put the ball into the outfield. She did. So here's Wilkie. Bases loaded, one out, tie game. So you load the bases, Kayla, that gives you a force at any base. But it also puts the pressure on your pitcher to throw strikes because there's no place to put Wilkie. You have to throw strikes, and it's going to change the defensive alignment here. The outfielders are going to be really squeezed in. Infield squeezed in without a doubt. Locked in on getting that out at home right now. Count is now 2-0. Swung on and hit deep to left center field, and that will do it! A walk-off grand slam, and Florida wins it! If there had actually been a doubleheader on this night, it would have been almost anticlimactic because that game had more than two games worth of drama in it. The Bulls lose it 7-3. If that ball hits the top of the wall, it's 4-3. to Either way, they are 27-19, and but certainly put a scare into a top 15 Florida Gator team. Oh yeah, it was supposed to be two games, but travel situations altered that, namely trying to get up I-75, I guess, on a Wednesday afternoon. But as I said, more than one game worth of drama in the two-hour and 13-minute affair. That was probably as good a prep as you're going to have for what's coming up this weekend with softball next headed to Orlando to go up against UCF. We will, on tomorrow's show, fully explain the importance of that series. Not that we have to explain the importance of the series in any sport against UCF, but in this one particular, we'll get specific. All right, so yeah, women's golf was going to be our top story. It'll be a still very important story. We'll lay it all out for you when we come back, along with both tennis teams getting ready over in Orlando. There's going to be a lot of bulls over there trying to get some stuff done this weekend. We will also tell you what baseball had going on on Tuesday night. Oh, yeah, the men's soccer schedule release is quite something. Got some track and field info for you as well when Bulls Beat continues.